Welcome to Rediscovering Your Passion and Purpose with Patty. I just happen to be Patty, Chief Pathfinder of Pathways with Patty. And welcome to our next episode. And once again, I mean, I am so blessed and so privileged in so many ways with the amazing guests that have come forward and said, yes, I will be happy to do your, your podcast. And once again, there is no disappointment at all. I have the one and only Dr. Beverly with us today. And Dr. Beverly, this is really kind of a full circle moment because I've gotten to do your podcast and now you're doing mine. <laughs> It's totally cool. Well, let me do the uh, nice little introduction for you here, and let's get started with your story. Dr. Beverly's passion is to help people with complex chronic conditions return to and maintain optimum health. She does this through her Dancing Bear Healing Center and her Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy. She helps people using various healing options and provides a variety of courses and programs using advanced spiritual development practices and holistic medical intuition. She is a holistic professional and medical intuitive, energy and shamanic practitioner, a medical hypnotherapist, author, and speaker, has a weekly podcast, and sponsors a semi-annual holistic transformation and healing mastery summit which I'd like to add, I've had the privilege of being on. Her signature talk and free program is OM for Success. This three-part program is based on the Taoist principle of Wu Xin, which shows people the importance of regular meditation balance, harmony, good health, and how to manifest the happiness they deserve in life. Once again, welcome, Dr. Beverly. It is such a joy to have you here today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. By the way, OM is OM. OM. Okay, so don't stay. Well, see, now I'm already learning something. and We've just started this podcast. Thank you for validating that for me. And I hope that you will go into more about what that also means. Sure. So, so Dr. Beverly, I know that the, the path that you have been on your life it has not always been a smooth one. There have been those challenging things that have brought you to this moment in time. So with that, why don't you go ahead and, and start sharing with our audience what you would like to share with them? Well, since you like to talk about the dash and yeah. you ask me, you know, what's my dash? One of the things I ask people to do is write their bibliography. And, and that's how you find out what your dash will be. And in my life, I've lived, as I, I told you before, in your form, I filled out, I've lived multiple dashes already. Yes. <laughs> I could have died at any time and felt like I'd had a great life. Um, it didn't start out so great. I had a very, very abusive childhood with narcissistic parents that, um, you know, they loved me in their own way, but mm -hmm. they, the way they showed it was very toxic. But if you knew their childhood you know it just gets passed on from so mm -hmm. I've made I've come to terms with that and made up with them but you know I came out of it uh raised Southern Baptist mm -hmm. and I'm the kind of person that questions things so when I was a teen I think I was like 14 
I couldn't figure out why we went to church and someone would read a line out of the Bible and then had to tell us what it meant. Mm -hmm. and and i've always had a critical mind my dad screamed at me my whole life think for yourself think for yourself what he really meant was do what i tell you to think mm -hmm. and i didn't buy that i actually thought so i created a lot of conflict between us because i did <laughs> think for myself so i decided well my mom made me memorize all the books of the bible in order mm -hmm. and i thought why don't i read it like a book well, as a kid, I had no biblical training other than what I got in church, which is mm -hmm. all the wrong kind of training anyway. And no offense to people that think that everything in the Bible should be taken literal. It shouldn't. But I mm -hmm. took it literal because I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. I read all the begots and I thought, why do they have all these begots? And why are there and why does this book not sound like that book? And why is the Old Testament so different from the New Testament? And I and this was in the 50s. And at that time, every magazine cover said God is dead. Oh, Newsweek, everything. You have to be old to remember this stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and I went, God is dead. This is BS. You know, this whole uh -huh. religion thing and Bible. And I wasn't feeling it. So I would ask people, what's the purpose of life? And I, they just, I had no purpose. So mm -hmm. I was just sort of, I spent, well, the first thing that happened was I had to leave home because I couldn't stand. I was the whipping boy. You know, there's always one kid mm. that takes the brunt of everything. And my parents had told me story after story, and I knew they were all lies and uh, when I was old enough to leave home, which is right after high school graduation, I told my sister the stories and she got mad at me, said, I'll never speak to you again. I mean, she just couldn't believe. And I said, no problem. I left. My mom screamed, take the birds, take the goddamn birds. And if you ever said goddamn around her, she would scream and yell at you. You weren't allowed to say but she's mm -hmm. screaming at me take the guy i used to breed parakeets got that from my grandmother who bred canaries and my dad screamed you don't know anything you can't do anything you'll be back in six months that was my wow. send off to life wow what a send off <laughs> yeah so i spent my first year at the university of hawaii which i had to pay for myself i had scholarships to universities on the mainland because i played the clarinet Ooh. And my parents wouldn't help pay. So back then, if your parents don't help pay and they make money, you can't get student loans or oh, you can't get enough loans for the whole amount. They expect the parents to help pay for the university. Okay. So I'm working three jobs. I'm studying my butt off and I'm thinking about suicide. Oh, so my gosh. First year I'm in college. I just want to, I mean, yeah, I have no purpose. Why live? There's no purpose to life. There's no reason to live. Life is just a bunch of crap. And one day I'm the, uh, at the University of Hawaii, they have an East West Center. Mm -hmm. And it's where the exchange, foreign exchange students go. So the food there was international. And I love to go there to eat. Mm, okay. <laughs> Indian food and Chinese food and all these <laughs> interesting foods. And I like different, I'm not, I don't like American food, never have. Mm 
Mm -hmm. So I would go over there and there was a guy there and he looked at me and he said, why do you have all that black stuff around your eyes? And I went home and looked in the mirror and I had this heavy black line. It's kind of like Egyptian looking lines. Oh, yes, yes. Because I lived in Egypt and it probably leaked through. So I had all that heavy (laughs) black lines. And I looked at myself and I went, what the heck are you doing? And that kind of snapped me out of the suicide crap. Um, It just, it, it was one of those moments that I don't know what happened, but I just said, okay, I'm just going to live. Well, you know, what's kind of interesting. Maybe it's almost like with you just where you just told that story. It's like he almost validated you like he he was seeing you and asking you, you know, why? So maybe that was part of what snapped you out because in a sense, he validated you. Probably for the first time in my life, I was validated. Someone saw because I was basically invisible Mm -hmm. or I was abused. You know, Mm -hmm. people when you have a certain energy everybody abuses you. And I've always had the ability to become invisible. Mm. Um, if, in fact, I can do it deliberately. It, you just contract. I know what it is now. You just contract your aura and people just don't see you. Wow. Um, but I didn't know that back then because I was so contracted and my chakras were turned off. And we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But um, I just you know, was going along and I had wanted to become a doctor. I always wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to help people and help them heal. And um, how on earth I was going to be lucky to get a bachelor's degree. How on earth am I going to go to medical school? I have to get a master's and I have to do all this stuff. And I just, you know, um, I, I just was just floundering. I didn't know what to do. Somehow mm-hmm. I managed to get a part-time job at United Airlines. So I was working the midnight shift. So I took classes in the morning and the evening and slept in the afternoon. And wow. at work because you get maybe three calls a night in the middle of the night. The Whoa. biggest job I had was to make coffee for the morning group. <laughs> and um, so that, that was year two and three. And um, <clears throat> I was just going along and... A good friend of mine, there was five of us that hung together. Because when you're a woman at a university, you don't go to the library at night by yourself. So it was Mm. five of us that went together, two men and three women. And one of those men broke into my apartment in the middle of the night and raped me. Oh, my goodness. Seven. So he wouldn't stop, you know, and I'm, you know, I can't get him off. So I just freaked out. And I left Hawaii. I just because I worked for the airline, I said, I'm going to transfer to San Francisco. I love San Francisco. So I said, I'm going to San Francisco. So I just transferred. And that's how I ended up away from Hawaii because I was there for many, many years. So I moved to California and I'm a reservations agent and I'm bored crap. Oh man, I am so bored. And I thought, really? What are you going to do with your life? Because you're, and they they always had these contests, and I always won. And because I always won, they made me run the contest because <laughs> he <literally> always wins. <laughs> and they'll show uh, you. <laughs> well, it was such an easy job is to help people and book them, and I was really fast at it. Oh, you want? Oh, no problem. And, get all these orchid letters and you know because I was really fast and good at what I did but I was bored I mean it was just nothing and so I called my supervisor over 
And I don't remember his name, but he was a sweetheart. And um, I said, what, what do I do? He says, well, you're really good with the computers. You just whip these. Because back then, they were, we had these really, oh, this was the 60s. You can imagine. <laughs> there was no terminal. It was push buttons. Oh. Did a punch card. And the punch card went on a conveyor belt, and they filed it. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, so I was really good at punching these out. And um, he said, you're good with computers. Why don't you go to Heald Business College? Because I says, well, I don't know if I'm any good. He says, they'll give you a test. Ooh. So I went and took a test. And I aced it. There was three tests. And I said, I got 100 on two of them. And on one of the tests, I got one wrong because you want, this is the answer and that's the wrong answer. This is the answer. So she went and she graded it. And sure enough, <laughs> I got 100 on two. And the one oh. that I missed was the exact question I told them that they had the wrong answer for. So needless to say, I studied computers and I thought, well, I can't be a doctor, but I can go make money. I can mm -hmm. be successful, make a lot of money. And then I can do whatever I want. So that's what I did. I transferred to the computer center at United Airlines at the maintenance base. And that's where I met my husband. Well, the man that I married. So I got married and life goes on. I have a baby, blah, blah, blah. So now I'm really successful. I'm making a lot of money. I now make more than he does. He'll work in computers. Still working in computers. I'm a project manager. Then I'm a manager, and uh, I go back to school because I didn't really have any people skills, mm. <laughs> and I knew they were going to make me a manager. So I had an so I went back. They to become a programmer, you have to have an associate degree in computer science. So I went back to school because I had three years at the University of Hawaii. It, it took me one semester to get uh, uh, an associate degree in computer science because between healed business college and all that i only needed a couple of computer classes so i got that and then i thought to be a manager i really need to get my bachelor's because mm -hmm. now we're into the 70s and people needed a bachelor's so i went and got a bachelor's degree in human relations and organizational behavior it took me only a year and a half because i already had so many credits from all the school from before mm -hmm. and i really learned a lot about how to deal with people and I was in this narcissistic relationship, codependent relationship with my husband. Mm. Well, I never learned anything as a kid or as a young adult. So I only knew I was unhappy. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why, but I was starting to grow up. Mm -hmm. I was starting to become self-aware. Um, and, but, and, I kept driving to work crying. And I finally decided if I go to work crying one more day, I'm going to go find a therapist and get help because I don't know what's wrong. But back then, going to a therapist was like, you're crazy and there's something. Taboo. And yes. I had security clearances and you just, <laughs> you, you know, I'd lose my job. And that's what I thought anyway. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I did. I went to a therapist. The first thing out of my mouth is I'm crazy. And I oh. knew it was going to lock me up. I knew because I knew my mother was crazy and I had obviously become my mother. Uh-huh. And he said, you're not crazy. And then I argued with it. 
<laughs> After he's told you you're not crazy, you're going to argue with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had a good laugh at that later on, you know, <laughs> sometime later. But I'm, I'm telling, I'm not crazy. Of course I'm crazy. You know, nothing made sense to me. But I didn't know what codependent was. I didn't know what narcissistic was. I put my daughter in therapy. I filed for a divorce. I learned all of this stuff. I did one therapy session with my daughter and her therapist. And her therapist said, we don't need therapy together. We need just individual therapy. And she told me to read Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. And I read that and I went, holy crap. I grew up. I became my mother. I married my father. I recreated the whole thing. Oh, and wow. apparently this is what most people do. So I spent four years in therapy. And I, I had gotten sick. Now I left this part out. But while I was still married, I had started getting sick. Mm. And I was going into anaphylactic shock several times a week oh my gosh hike i was a big hiker so i would go up mission peak every saturday well one saturday they rescued me by helicopter off mission peak and another time i was on angel island and coming down the mountain i realized i'm going into anaphylactic shock i told the people i was with i said you've got i knew they couldn't carry me i says i've got to get down to the ranger station right away I said, because I'm going to go into anaphylactic shock and they're going to have to get me to a hospital. So I start running down the hill and I collapsed on the steps of the ranger station. Oh I kind of came to a little bit in the ranger boat that they were taking me to Marin Hospital. And um, then I passed out again. And I don't know how long I was out. But one day in the emergency room doc says, I'm really sick and tired of seeing you here. I oh. said, do you know how many doctors I've been to? I've been here and there and everywhere. And I said, well, what kind of doctor do I go to? He says, go to an allergist. And I had really good insurance and I had lots of money. Like I said, I, I had a really good job. And I did research. Now the Bay Area, there's lots of big medical training hospitals there. There's a lot of really good top-notch doctors in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. So I reached who is the best allergy doctor in the whole Bay Area. And it was this Chinese lady in Fremont. So I went to see her. She spent an hour with me. And at the end of the hour, she looked me in the eye and said, I can't help you. Ooh. Oh, wow. And I'm going... I'm going to die because I, I knew I was going to die. I'd already had several near-death experiences by then. And I'd already gotten divorced. And I'd been in therapy for like four years. And I, I'd had a hysterectomy many years earlier. Mm -hmm. I didn't need a gynecologist, but I liked that doctor. He was an older, mature, really smart guy. So mm -hmm. I went to see him. Mm -hmm. I had nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. And I told him what was going on. And he said, you need to meditate. Well, wow. I'm, a, I'm an atheist with no purpose in life. And you told me to meditate. <laughs> I was so desperate. I thought, well, what have I got to lose? Right. Exactly. At that point. So I went around work and said, who meditates? Who? Me I found out all kinds <laughs> of people meditate. One guy had a book. 
back then we read books. So I borrowed a book. I read the book and I went, took, gave it back to him. I says, well, that seems harmless. He says, well, you go down to the TM center. A lot of us started with TM. Don't stay with TM, but we started there. Mm -hmm. So I went down there and they said, in two weeks, this will happen. In two months, this will happen. In two years, this will happen. And if you really work at it, in 10 years, this will happen. In two weeks, I'm at two months. At two months, I'm at two years. Two oh, my years, gosh. Way beyond 10 years. I almost, within two weeks, I was telepathic. I knew what was going on. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I had a friend that was a reverend in the Church of Divine Men. So I went and studied their stuff. And and when you tell me not to do something, I'm one of these people that goes and does it because I want to know why. Mm -hmm. And people said, never do hypnotherapy. And I went, really? And I thought, well, that seems harmless. And I wanted to learn NLP. And there was a school that taught NLP and hypnotherapy together. So I went there and I studied hypnotherapy. I thought, well, I wonder why you can't do this. And so it didn't make, I never did figure out why you can't do hypnotherapy. So I became a hypnotherapist by accident and that school went out of business. So I went to a different school and they had a master's program. So now I have a master's and then I have a medical hypnotherapy program. So I did all this stuff on the side because it was helping me mm -hmm. and it was helping me get better. And, and were you, and did you stop having the anaphylactic shocks at that point? Well, there's part of, I keep, you know, you tell this story and, and then you're, well, wait a minute, I didn't tell you this part. So I had cancer, I had fibromyalgia, I had leaky gut syndrome. I mean, I, the list goes on and on and on and on. I can't even remember everything. Someday I should write them all down. Mm -hmm. And I was addicted to Diet Coke. Probably shouldn't oh. say that again, but every time I drank so much Diet Coke out of aluminum cans, okay? I had uh -huh. no clue. And... Every time I tried to quit, I got sick, severe headaches, issues, and I drank so much Diet Coke, I couldn't deal with the cans, so I, I bought a soda machine, and I made my own Diet Coke at home, so I didn't mm -hmm. have to deal with the cans. That's how addicted I was. Within two weeks of meditation, I noticed I hadn't had a Diet Coke. So I went and fixed one and I took a drink and I spit it out. And that was the last time I drank any soda at all. Oh my gosh. It was completely cured. And I never got a headache, nothing. All I did was meditate twice a day, you know, and boom, the addiction just went away. And I went, okay. And then I had this pink area on my chest and a lot of pain. I knew it was cancer, but I didn't want to deal with it. Because I, I just didn't want to deal with it. I was I used to call myself the queen of denial. Uh. I was in this abusive marriage and thought that was a good marriage. Mm -hmm. What the hell? <laughs> Total denial about everything. So the pain in my chest, the whole chest was just, the pain just got unbearable. So I went to the doctor I says, you know, I've got all these pains in my chest and I've got this pink thing over here. And he says, oh, I've got to send you to a specialist. He says, make an appointment. I said, okay. So I, I made an appointment. So it was a big clinic that had a lot of different doctors there. So I just went to the desk and made my appointment. I went home. By then I'd studied shamanic healing. Mm -hmm. 
and energy healing. I'd done a lot of spiritual work. And I laid down on the floor and it was afternoon because there was still daylight. And I started crying and I did a shamanic journey begging for help. Well, in comes Raphael and in comes three beings. I saw them as pink balls of light. I call them angels. And they're working on me and I pass out. I woke up, I don't know how long later, but it was dark out. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I noticed was the pain was gone. And I sat up and looked at my chest and the little pink thing was orange. <laughs> so oh I go gosh. to the specialist and he goes, I don't understand this. He says, he points at a chart. He says, you got this kind of cancer, but it looks like it's going away. <laughs> oh, wow. He says, if that orange thing isn't gone in two weeks, come back. And he gave me some cream to put on it. And it, it just got smaller and smaller and went away. So people, now, before I started this healing, my hair was like straw. My face was white. I had no color. My lips were stark white. I had to wear makeup to look alive. Mm -hmm. And I started healing. My hair was no longer like straw. I had color. I had lip color to my lips. And people started saying, what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, I, I started meditating and I learned shamanism. I learned Reiki and I learned this and the hypnosis and self-hypnosis. Uh -huh. And, you know, I just started working on myself. And um, they said, well, will you help me? Oh, and, sure. Yeah, no problem. So they come into my house and I'm helping my friends, you know, and then friends of friends and then their families and then friends of friends of friends. Mm -hmm. One day this woman calls and she wants an appointment. And I went, okay. She showed up and I says, who referred you? We went back six people. That, so she had a chain of six people who had referred me and I didn't know any of them. Oh, she wow. Said, what do you charge? Charge? I mean, <laughs> I didn't need money. Why would I charge? I was just <laughs> helping people for fun. You know, I had uh -huh. a job. Uh -huh. um, so she handed me money and she says you're too good not to charge and I went holy crap if people are going to just show up at my door and pay me money I'll open an office uh -huh. so in the meantime I quit corporate America I started a consulting company ADBO consulting so I was the person you called when your company was in trouble so okay. sometimes I was the third, fourth. So one time I was the seventh project manager they hired. And if they didn't get this project done, the company was in trouble. Mm -hmm. And I was the, kind of the person that just came in, cleaned it up, got it done. I got things done on time within budget. And to do that, I worked maybe six to nine months of the year, 20, 30 hours a week. Wow. Lots of time. And in my spare time, I had the ceiling center. So I'm doing these two things. So I have the, it, back then it was called the Dance Bear Alternative Healing, Alternative Healing Center. So I'm doing this. And um, by now I've had five near-death experiences. So when, when I look at how successful I was in corporate America, because, well, I left this part out. I actually got my boss. So there was the president. There was the director. My boss was chief uh chief uh, information officer and I was a, a second level manager so I had managers under me he always wanted to be a director and report to the president 
he comes to me one day and says, would you like to be a director? I says, well, I'm too far down the chain. He says, do you want the job or not? Go see Duzak, his boss. I said, okay. So I went to see his boss and Duzak says, make an appointment for an interview with the president. I said, okay. So oh. I, I made an interview with the president. I walked in and the president said, how would you like an $8,000 a year raise and an $18,000 a year bonus? What? back in the 90s this was a lot of cash yes oh. and i went yeah, yeah i'll take that <laughs> i can't tell anybody because some other people applied and we're going to have to let them know they didn't get the job first so i, I already had the job oh my gosh <laughs> so if you want to know did i live you know in corporate america i was a total success there's one dash mm -hmm. yes i decided to create my own consulting company and just go out and consult because i didn't want to work full-time anymore Mm -hmm. And so there's another dash. Okay. See? I had a six figure salary working part time in the middle of Silicon Valley. And in my spare time, that's when I was doing, I did a three year residential shamanic training. I did all kinds of stuff. I, you know, I went to Nepal for a while. I went to Glastonbury. I studied with two living Buddhas, Taoist wow. master. I mean, I studied with all of these things and I realized I need to share with people how to heal themselves just using meditation. So I started teaching meditation classes. I wrote my book. Originally, uh, the first release was in 1999. And uh, it was the workbook for the class. And so I just started doing all of that. And then 9-11 um, happened. Mm and first first the dot-com industry crashed but i was still okay because people would their businesses would be in trouble and i was the person that fixed things that weren't working right <laughs> so i was okay but 9-11 kind of killed everything and i went okay what am i gonna do mm -hmm. and i was always concerned that i didn't know enough that because when you study shamanism or you study hypnosis or you study Reiki or whatever, people will tell you, oh, you can use this to heal anybody. And that is not true. Mm -hmm. Every modality has a strength and a weakness. Mm -hmm. And you need to know when people actually need Western medicine, you know. Right. When to refer. And I felt through my ignorance, I could hurt someone. Mm. And I was renting an office from a chiropractor and she said, you'd be a great acupuncturist, but I'm afraid of needles. But I really wanted to learn homeopathy and she used homeopathy. And so I went to a naturopathic medical school in Arizona. So that's how I got from California to Arizona. So okay. I shut down my businesses and I moved to Arizona and I was just doing the healing stuff. Mm -hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> I did do some consulting stuff part-time and I did the healing part-time, but mostly I'm going to medical school. I take a class called facial rejuvenation while I'm in naturopathic medical school and I fell in love with acupuncture. I mm -hmm. said, oh my God, this is so much fun. It's not like a syringe. You think of a needle as a syringe. It's no, you're not, you're not doing blood draws and stuff. Right. Turns out I'm pretty good at blood draws. But so after Three years at, well, after two years at a naturopathic medical school, I didn't like their acupuncture program. So I dropped out and I'm going to Pima, which is uh, the Phoenix Institution of Herbal Medicine and Acupuncture. 
So I'm going to two medical schools at once. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know I'm an overachiever, remember? <laughs> and and I realized I was going to be $350,000 in debt. Oh, wow. That's a chunk. And I had the money in my 401k, but the economy was crashing. Mm. And I went, I don't want to be in that kind of debt. So I quit naturopathic medical school because I really wanted to be an acupuncturist because I do a lot of woo-woo stuff. And the naturopathic school became a uh, federally accredited medical school. And they were going more and more towards Western. Mm -hmm. Not why I was there. I was there for naturopathy, not. So I wanted to graduate as an ND and they were now graduating people as NMDs. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be an NMD. So I quit and just finished up the acupuncture. Then I did a two-year externship and I studied herbs and I opened my practice. So that's kind of a limbo state, but you could say, my father told me I would never amount to anything. I've amounted to all kinds of stuff. I've already finished two dashes. And now here I am a licensed professional. I think I've made it. So here's another dash for you. Yes. And um, so I opened my practice and I'm going along and, and I'm doing really well, you know, um, then COVID. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, the week before COVID, I fell and I broke the tibia and the fibula at my ankle. Oh my gosh. Now I've never broken a bone before. I don't have a primary care physician because I never get sick anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, because I could still walk on it, sort of, I thought it was sprained. So I called a friend. I, instead of calling 911, which most people would have done, I called a friend and I <laughs> had an appointment at an urgent care. <laughs> and I went there and they said, by the way, it's broken. And they bound it up. And they said, in two days, go see a podiatrist. And I went, okay, I'll go see a podiatrist in two days. Well, the next day, the pain was getting intense. And I thought, no, I better see the podiatrist now. So I went and he said, well, you you need surgery right away. Call 911. That's because I thought it was just a brain. <laughs> a little more serious. And he says, you have a high tolerance for pain. Next time, tell people you're in more pain than you actually feel because most people would not have lasted two days. Oh my gosh. I said, oh, okay. He says, well, what's your primary care? I said, I don't have one. He says, then I can't admit you to the hospital. Oh, man. Oh, my primary care. I'll call her and she'll let you in. So I called her. She couldn't, this was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, she couldn't see me till the following Monday. So oh, I made an Lord. appointment, but on Friday, I couldn't handle it. So I called my friends and I said, um, take me to the emergency room. I just can't do this any longer. So they took me to the emergency room at the hospital. <laughs> In the emergency room, they said, you need surgery we can't do it it's too late today and it's an elective surgery 
We elective. Don't we don't do elective surgery on the weekends, so you have to wait till Monday. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went okay, but at least I'm there. But I won't live. I don't like IVs. I refused all IVs. I wouldn't let them give me IV. IVs are really bad for you. It's just they're crap. But I was eating, you know, and so I had to. I lost my dogs. So my brother took two, and he says I, he already had two dogs. He says I can't handle four dogs, and the, three of them were puppies. And he had two puppies, and I had one puppy, but they were from the same litter. And then I had this old dog. He says, I'll keep the old dog, but I can't take care of the puppy. So then my daughter flew in from Chicago, took the puppy, and the hospital said he's a therapy dog and let him in so I could say goodbye to him. Oh, my gosh. I'm saying goodbye to my poor little Chandler. <laughs> and my daughter takes him to Chicago. And so on Sunday, I actually had the surgery because they had no scheduled emergencies and they were able to do the surgery, oh. but they had to keep me overnight. And so on Monday, when they're going to discharge me, I, I told the, the podiatrist, I said, I can't go home like this. I can't walk. What am I going to do? So he talked the hospital into letting me into rehab. So I spent 21 days in rehab learning how to I didn't even know how to use a wheelchair so I had to learn how to use a wheelchair how to get in and out of a car from the wheelchair how to because it was my right leg I couldn't even drive oh I had to learn you know <laughs> the 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 PTs there you know they said okay you need to you know it, it the first day or two you know they'll take you to and from your room mm -hmm. then they take you to the to have lunch and then they say you need to will yourself back to your room. Oh, so and the PT begins. <laughs> By the end of that, I was doing wheelies, racing <laughs> that wheelchair, you know, and then, then they, after 21 days, they send me home. But in the meantime, there's COVID, right? Everything. Yes. Yes. What a wonderful time to have COVID because now there were free CEUs. So I could just log into my computer. Everything was free. Everything went to Zoom. Then you could have your groceries delivered for free. And my patients were saying, hey, what do you need? They were delivering groceries to me. You know, everybody was, oh, Beverly's sick. Let's help her. <laughs> Everybody's helping me, you know, and it was like, what a wonderful time to have COVID. But see, I don't know how your audience is or how you feel about this, but I knew COVID was a scam. I knew the, the vaccines were a scam. And I was telling everybody, don't take any vaccines. And uh, everybody that I know that didn't is now healthy. And people who did are regretting it. But anyway, that, I know that's very controversial. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. go there any further. So, um, you know, people would come to my house and they, do you have to wear a mask? No. Okay, thank you. And um, then I was, you know, I'm racing around my house and the PT says, you, you're moving really fast. So, I mean, I can do nine degree turns going really fast. So I'm having fun with this. Um, but then I went to, and, and they put this heavy cast on me. Uh, I call it my cast iron cast. It was fiberglass. It was really oh. heavy and I couldn't walk so it had a slick bottom so that i wouldn't accidentally put any weight on it it was non-load bearing mm -hmm. and um i went to have it removed and they were supposed to put a walking cast on 
And the doctor took it off and he said, I don't understand. You're completely healed. Whoa. Healed. I know how to heal myself. I'm taking homeopathy and I'm doing <laughs> microcurrent and, and, you know, acupuncture and, you know, I know how to heal. Mm -hmm. And um, he says, well, we're just going to put a walking boot on you and then you can drive. Um, yeah. So I reopened. Ooh and you know i've got patients coming in everything even because even in the middle of covid you know i patients were coming in everything was fine then one day one of my patients called and said um i may have been exposed to covid well i'm a licensed professional and my license says if there's exposure i have to shut down for 10 days oh so, you know, I had no choice. So I had to call all my patients, cancel all the appointments, reschedule them. And like one patient had cancer and she said, oh, it's too risky. I can't ever come back until COVID's over. And so that's what was happening. People didn't want to come back after that. They felt it was too too risky. Here mm -hmm. by then, because we're, we're now into uh, June, July, and the fear by then was really high right so i meditated what do i do now and i got this clear message sell your house this is july of covid okay so mm -hmm. sell your house and move to cottonwood move to cottonwood sell my house now <laughs> so i call some realtors and you know i'm still in a walking boot mm -hmm. i'm still recovering from the surgery and I can still, I'm having a lot of pain when I walk. Different story, we'll save that. And I'm thinking, how am I going to pack the house? I've got to paint and clean it up and get it ready to show. And I just don't have the energy to do that. And they said it would take at least till November before it sold. And it just didn't feel right. So I'm online and I'm searching and I found out Zillow will buy your house for mm. cash as is. And well, it costs you money. I mean, if I would waited till November, I would have made a lot more money. Right. But I'd paid cash for the house. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, I I was going to get lots of money. So I, so I said, okay. So I sold the house to Zillow, paid movers. They moved me and I stayed uh, with a naturopathic doctor friend in Cottonwood while I looked for a house. Wow. So there's the next dash. I was a successful acupuncturist, had a practice. Now, where was I? What was I going to do? Mm -hmm. well, this naturopathic doctor had an app. And she said, that's the wave of the future. Well, I'm a bit of a geek. You know, I was in Silicon Valley. I like mm -hmm. technology. I kept up. So I got this app. And they said, what are you going to name it? And I thought, well, I should teach all this stuff I've been teaching because I was I was still teaching classes in the lobby of my office, you know, so I was still teaching classes and I'd evolved. I teach a lot more classes now than just meditation. And so I thought, well, I'll go online with this app. And I decided I'll call it Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy. And um, so I started that. And through that, I met someone that teaches you how to take your classes online. Mm -hmm. So I took his program. So I took my classes online and um, they said, well, if you're going to do this, you need to have a podcast and a summit. Like, oh, okay. 
I don't know how to do that. So I took a class on how to do a summit and I just did a summit. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> and then three months later, I started my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, so the first summit was in 2021 and the podcast was January of 2022. And um, I've been doing it ever since. So I do two summits a year. I do the podcast. So you could say that's my next dash. But then something was missing. Mm -hmm. So I meditated again. And I was told I had this nice guest bedroom because I'm now in Cottonwood, two and a half hours away from anybody I know. Mm -hmm. so if come steamy, they can stay in the guest room. But nobody did. They'd come up here and then they'd go back the same day. And they said, take your guest room and convert it into a treatment room. And I really missed seeing patients. So I said, okay. So I got a business license for Dancing Bear Healings. I already did one for Enlightenment Academy. So now I did one for the Healing Center in Cottonwood. And um, set up my practice again. So now I have my practice going. So I have all this stuff going. I'm now on the HOA board and I'm a CERT volunteer and what else am I doing? I'm just doing all kinds of stuff. You're living your best dash. You're continuing. Yeah. So I don't know how to slow down. And that's a good thing. But I think that that's what, one of the things that keeps you going. Because I know myself, I've always said, when I feel, if you ever get to the point where you feel like you know it all, you've learned it all, then you start dying. And oh. I never, ever want to get to that point. I now have eight degrees. Wow. And I want to get a knife. Yeah, right. Why not? I mean, go for it. Well, they're upgrading the acupuncture system, okay, which I have been active in trying to get it upgraded because some schools give you a doctorate and some schools give you a master's. It's mm. the same curriculum, the same degrees, the same studies, the same everything, the same license, but one's a doctor and one's not. Mm -hmm. I said, that's not right everybody should be a doctor and you should upgrade the requirements to become an acupuncturist because when i went if you could fog a mirror and you had the equivalent of a of a junior college degree they'd let you in and to me that's wrong mm -hmm. you need to have at least the equivalent of a bachelor's degree now mm -hmm. when i said that to some of my fellow students they got mad at me because they didn't have bachelor's degrees but at the time i already had uh, let's see, by then I had two associates, a bachelor's and a master's. Um, so they didn't like that, but it took 10 years of work. But now you can get a doctorate across the board in acupuncture. So I have a master's, so I want to go back and it would take, I think, two semesters and I'd have my doctorate in acupuncture. So but that's what for I'm you, because how fastly you progress is probably going to take one semester instead of two, right? Uh, but in two or four well actually i got through acupuncture school which is a four-year program that most people take six and i got through it in two see there's my point there's my point can i ask you real quick how did you how did you decide on dancing bear would kind of be your logo and be your company what, what brought that about okay well i wanted to start my healing center and my uh consulting business at the same time and I'm crap at names. 
I don't remember names. I take pictures of people so I can remember who they are. Mm-hmm. Because I'll hear a name. I go, who's that? And I have to look at the picture. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm one of those people that say, I saw this great movie, you know, and it starred that guy, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's terrible. And I thought, how am I going to name this business? So I went on a shamanic journey. What do you do, right? Mm-hmm. I, I said, I, I need a name. So I had this particular way. I won't go into the details of how I usually journey, but there's a pathway. We all have our way of journeying. Mm-hmm. And I normally follow this path. And there was a bear. Well, I love bears. I've always liked bears. You, I had stuffed bears all over my bedroom, bears everywhere. Mm-hmm bear in this forest and i never went that way before and i thought well there's this bear and i started chasing him and he's running and i'm chasing him and he comes to this grassy area and it's a hill and i look up the hill and there's this native american guy and he's pretty buff and i'm like oh cool (laughs) a spirit teacher i can look at you know so i go up and i'm talking to him and and he says your name is dancing bear oh it is he says yes i said okay and I said, who are you? He says, I'm running bear. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, you know, over the years, I went back to him many, many times. Well, one time I went back to him and he was an old man. And I recognized him and he was my husband in a past life when I was a Native American medicine woman. Wow. And I was holding a baby. And I thought, oh, we had a child in that life. And then time goes on. And then a friend of mine from work, who I'm still with, this was years ago, decades ago, (laughs) we're still friends. And she always called me her second mother. And I knew her mom. But for some reason, she called me her second mother. And she came, we were eating, we used to go to lunch all all the time together. And she said, I have feeling i was native american once can you do a reading oh my gosh i did a reading and i was told she was my daughter in that life but just tell her sometimes you're not supposed to tell people everything just Mm -hmm. tell her that yes she was native american i said okay so i never told my daughter but she she, things leak through you know when people say things like that to you there's a reason it's like i was wearing egyptian eye makeup because Mm -hmm. i lived in egypt several times so that was a time when i think it leaked through one time i was meditating and i came downstairs and i said i i just had a memory of a past life where i knew you she's oh yeah we were and she just she knew exactly what the memory that i had seen she remembered it she even knew what color dress she was wearing oh my gosh yeah so i've had people come to me for a treatment and they'll say you know i saw your website and i think i knew you in a past life will you give me a healing and do a reading and sure enough we knew each other and there's one past life where i felt really guilty about something i did and i recreated that guilt in every life after that including this one and we do that so hmm. we People think we have bad karma. No, you just have this crap you need to heal. And <laughs> and once you heal it, then it goes away. And I've met several people from that life about things I felt so guilty about. And they liked me because I saved their life by doing what I did. Hmm. And I realized I had to forgive myself and move on and not keep recreating this crap. Another time, this guy was looking at the internet 
And he was looking at my website and he said to his wife, I think I know her. And I think we were together in China. And she says, well, I know her. We went to naturopathic medical school together. And oh my gosh. I introduced her. So she called and she says, my husband wants to meet you. I said, okay. So she dropped him off. And we were like two adults who hadn't seen each other since kindergarten. Oh my talking gosh. Talking about life and how it was and, and our memories from, from that life. And that's when I really realized that I needed to just forgive the past and let it go. And that's one of the reasons people get sick. Mm -hmm. They're carrying over crap from a previous life. And you've probably been doing it through many lives over and over and over until you heal that aspect of your soul. Mm -hmm. The other thing that happens is we get trauma and it fragments our soul. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really like about shamanism is it pulls those fragments together. Now, if you're really good at energy work, you can do it that way as well. You don't have to use shamanism, but mm -hmm. I learned soul retrieval from Sandra Ingerman. And so I do that a lot of times with people. I just do a soul retrieval. and now, now, kind of going back to basics here, when it comes to meditation, I know myself, I mean, I, I've been... I've been attempting it and, and doing my form of it for a number of years. My problem continues to be all of the outside thoughts that continue to come in. What's a suggestion for getting rid of the, those thoughts and just concentrating on whatever you, your mantra or whatever it is that you're doing? What, what is your suggestion for that? That's a good question. That's why I teach meditation based on the five elements, because some people should not sit. They shouldn't sit and meditate. It's the wrong pose for them. Okay. They need to walk or stand or do yoga. A lot of yoga is for exercise, which is not the purpose of yoga. Um, for some people, they need to learn how to focus. And what happens is it's called monkey mind. And that's what a lot of people suffer from is monkey mind because they are afraid to face who they are. One of the first things in my mm. book is beware. It's a caution. You will get to know yourself. Remember, I'm the queen of denial. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to know myself. I don't want to face my crap. Mm -hmm. I don't want to face the fact I'm not perfect, that I say things sometimes that people find insulting you may have noticed i'm very direct i don't hide anything i mm -hmm. people say you should never talk about politics i talk about it all the time i don't care if you don't like it i don't care you don't have to like it mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. i'm an independent by the way i don't like either party <laughs> <laughs> i see through both sides both sides lie can't you see it um so one of the things you wanted to know is what is my superpower yes one of my superpowers is I just know things and I know it like that. Mm -hmm. So before there was Google, I used to get phone calls. Beverly, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's this. Beverly, is it this or that? It's that. I just know. And people will say, how on earth can you possibly know that? Well, I never understood it until I studied human design, but I'm a splenic projector. Mm -hmm. Splenic projectors just know things and we know them immediately. If mm -hmm. we learn to listen, emotional projectors, emotional generators need time to make a decision. I don't need time. I know right away. Mm -hmm. Ask me a yes, no question. I used to, 
when I worked in corporate America, we'd have these group parties, you know, <laughs> sort of team building kind of things. Mm -hmm. and I would do readings. Well, how do you do a reading in front of a bunch of people? So they'd all sit around me and we'd sit on the floor and we'd go one at a time. And I'd say, I'm going to close my eyes and I'd know who was who I was connected to. I says, you're going to ask yes, no questions. And I would just sit there like this and I go, yes, yes, no, yes, no, uh, no, restate the question. Okay, yes. I have no idea what they asked. I just knew the answer. Wow. And people would say, I can't believe what an awesome reading that was. Oh. <laughs> and I'd do everybody in the room. Wow. Because well, I just know. Well, you know, one of the things that you just said, though, that resonated me, I, I, I always was taught that you needed for meditation that you needed to sit. But when you just said that that's that could be the wrong pose, I do think that that is the wrong pose for me, because when you just said about walking, I find that especially now that I'm I'm on the central coast for the summer and I walk on the beach or I walk any of the paths that I walk. Mm -hmm. I really, in, now that I'm thinking about it, and you just said that I believe it is meditation that I am doing when I am walking. You're a high energy person. You should not sit. You should walk, <laughs> but you should walk purposefully. Yes. Pay and that's what I do when I'm walking. Step. So with, with what they, a lot of people don't teach you what meditation is and the purpose of it. Okay. The purpose is to Praying is to talk to God. Mm -hmm. Meditation is to listen to God or divine right. or source or whatever you want to call it. Right. So if you have a thought and you follow the thought, blah, 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 blah. And you can have three or four thoughts you're following at the same time. That's called monkey mind. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you learn to, I had a thought and you let it go. I had a thought and I let it go. Because when you stop having thoughts, you're dead. You are not right. going to stop having thoughts. What you can stop is following the thought. Okay, I thought of that. Okay, I thought of that. Okay. And then eventually you will notice that there's a gap between the thoughts. And it's in the gap that you get the messages. That's when you hear your spirit teachers. Now, I've been able to see through the veil since I was a kid. I've always known that there were beings. <laughs> <laughs> and they tickle me all the time and and they're around us and they're mm -hmm. helping us and i see them i know they're here um and so sometimes you connect directly with source and sometimes you get through the people around you for some people it can be a relative a mom a dad someone you're close to and a spouse that died uh, a child um when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, I, I'd had four miscarriages and I had my period every month. And my doctor said, you're going to lose this one. Don't tell anyone you're pregnant. And at five months, he says, well, you're starting to show. I guess you're starting to waddle. <laughs> he says, I guess you're going to have to tell people you're pregnant. Um, so I sat down on the couch and I thought, okay, are you a boy or a girl? Like, I'm a girl. I said, well, are you healthy? She says, yes, I'm healthy. I said, oh, thank you. So I telepathically communicated with my daughter as an atheist. Wow. 
<laughs> now, later when I started studying and I started studying Hinduism and Buddhism and the Vedic literatures and the Kabbalah, and, I mean, I'm a geek. I like to study. So I'm mm -hmm. studying all of the spirituality stuff. And that's when I realized what a treasure the Bible is. There's so much in there, but it's not literal. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some stories that are literal. They're good training, but there's so much symbolism in there. And right. then you start reading things like the Epic of uh, Gilgamesh and you go, oh, Genesis is from the Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh, okay. And then you start finding out that the Bible was written over time and it was rewritten. Um, when King James had the Bible rewritten, that's why it was rewritten by one guy. That's why it all had the same tone through the whole mm. Bible. The original books, when you go back to them, you can tell they were written by different people, different mm -hmm. tones. So I started doing a lot of studying and I obviously was no longer an atheist. I, I left this part out, but uh, after I'd been meditating for two months, I see this ball of gold energy coming at me and I'm going, oh my God, there is a God. <laughs> and I spent two months doing forgiveness exercises to, to Jesus and to God and it was a true enlightenment time for you. It was a true enlightenment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now at the beginning in your introduction, I, 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 I spelled it. O-M. Om for Om. Is that how you say it? It started. What, out what is that? What is that? A-U-A-U-M-A-H-U-M. It's evolved over time, but it stands for the vibration of the universe, at least the one we're in, it's the vowels, A-E-I-O-U. And when you study ancient Aramaic and ancient Hebrew, they never wrote with the vowels. They left the vowels out. They okay. only wrote with the consonants. And so when people read the ancient texts, you can take it multiple ways, depending on how evolved you are. It's kind of like when you read Shakespeare, you can take it literally, or you can start looking at what it, what's the symbolism behind what it means. And then what's the symbol behind the symbol? Mm -hmm. And that's how you have to read the Bible is what's the symbolism? What's the symbol behind the symbol? What are they really? And what are the secret teachings? And why are they secret? Because the Catholic Church went around killing all the Gnostics. And there were Christians before Jesus. Okay, people don't realize that <laughs> Christianity mm -hmm. didn't start with Jesus um so they started killing all the gnostics and everybody and so western culture they even took away the fifth element western culture there's four elements right and when i studied science in the history of science in college they said oh they used to believe in this fifth element called ether <laughs> and they used to ask how many angels dance on the head of a needle well guess what physicists have now found out there is an ether and in the east they never lost that fifth element okay okay in in chinese medicine they call it wood and metal is actually air but if you go to the vedic literature they have air and aether or ether I don't like to use the word ether because people think it's the gas and it's right. not gas, it's aether. It's spelled A-E. When I republished my book in 2019, I spelled it ether. And then I found out, oh, it's really aether. <laughs> yeah. And it does exist. But here's the thing. Your first, there's seven initiations to become enlightened. And they're based on the seven chakras. And the first four initiations are all I ever used to teach people. It ends at the heart. And most people haven't mastered the first four. Why go on? But 
I'm going to start teaching all of them. The fifth element, elements one through four are chakras one through four. Guess what the fifth element is? Hmm. It's the fifth chakra and it's aether. And guess what it stands for? It stands for spirit or space or God, the connection to everything. What did they kill? They killed the fifth element. What did they kill? They killed God. Gotcha. It's time to bring God back, to bring back the fifth element, to teach people how to speak their truth and and to learn all these i mean I, i've been to four mystery schools the time all that stuff was no longer a mystery we're not being killed anymore because we're telling the truth mm -hmm. so i'm taking my own for success program which is three steps it's a a 30-day intensive where you learn what's the right meditation for you and how to organize your life then there's a a, a one and a half hour um uh workshop what, what do you call it? webinar and basically that prepares you for the six week. It used to be my master program that I used to sell. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give all that away because I only want the people who go through that in my next step class. Because sure. I'm going to take you all the way up through the top because you have to do the work. There's right. no magic pill. I can't meditate for you. Right. I can give you empowerments. I give out lots of empowerments with my classes. I can I can guide you. I can tell you where the doors are. You have to open the doors yourself. You have to walk through yourself. And I want the people who are willing to do the work and walk through the door. And today online, there's so many people out there. They're signing up for stuff. They never show up. They, they take three right. classes and they don't finish. Or they just want a magic pill. It's like Western medicine. Give me a magic pill. I don't want to have to change my diet. I don't want to have to exercise. Well, we're so instant everything. Drive through. We want everything instant microwave. I mean, all of that stuff. Doesn't work that way. Well, it does when you work directly with source. Right, right. We don't source. But you're still, having, you, you're still having to do the groundwork to know what the source is. One of the things that happened to me in the 90s, I've been doing this for decades, in the 90s, sometimes I would ask a question. I wouldn't get an answer. Well, one day I went, you know, I'm really frustrated because I've asked this, 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 and you didn't give me any answers. And they said, well, we could answer you, but we wouldn't understand the answer. And that's what really set me off on that path of learning all these different, every spiritual or religious system, every religion has a spiritual aspect, and they all have the same basic teachings. So it doesn't matter what you believe, do it. Mm -hmm. because, and when I studied, the first time I studied the Kabbalah, this rabbi said, dig one deep hole instead of many shallow holes. People today build a lot of shallow holes. You know, mm -hmm. they don't go deep. I've gone deep many different ways. And guess what? No matter which deep hole you dig, you end up at the same place. I call it the subterranean river of truth. And we all end up at the same place. Wow. And it just is a matter of vocabulary and process. So whatever you believe, do it. Don't be wow. a hypocrite. How many hypocrites do you know? <laughs> uh, plenty, plenty, Sa sadly. I went to naturopathic medical school and I'd go to have lunch and people are eating fast food and junk food. It's like, what are you doing eating crap? You can't do that. I have an acupuncture friend who has had both her knees replaced. Acupuncture has the most awesome knee treatments. I've treated so many people. When my sister 
and my daughter both hurt their knees. I said, go get an acupuncture treatment. They have their knees. I'm, you know, in my 70s. I still have my knees. I have my hips. I have my shoulders. Mm -hmm. I have my elbows. I don't have a primary care physician even now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you take care of yourself, I eat organic. I have a hydroponic garden. I grow as much of my food as I can. Um, I practice what I preach. And if you do that, you will be healthy. Mm -hmm. The instant doesn't work. You have to do the work. And you have to balance. You can't just go live in a monastery. Okay. Now, mm -hmm. I've lived many lives in a monastery. Along the way, you're going to be doing that. But not mm -hmm. this life. This is not what this life is about. Then you've got materialism. Well, guess what? You can't live without money unless you want to be homeless. You can't live without food and water. You have to balance. Mm -hmm. So we can't just spend 40 hours a week meditating. And we can't spend 80 hours a week working in a stupid job that right. doesn't allow us to be happy. Even 40 hours a week for people like me is too much. Mm -hmm. Projectors can't work full time. We need to work part time. And we need to rest. And it's during that rest that I can meditate. One of the best ways for me to rest is sometimes I think, oh, man, how am I going to get through the day? And I just do a meditation. Gets me through the day. Uh -huh. You know? I love so it. You have to know what, like, you have high energy. Probably going for a walk energizes you. Yes, it does. I have to have that energy to go for a walk. I'm better off sitting and meditating. So you have to you have to have that balance. Who are you? And we're all different. There's five elements, and which which one is your physical element? Then you have your emotional element. You have your mental element. You have your spiritual element. Now you may have the same one for all, or it may be different ones for all. Just know who you are, what you want, how to do it, and balance it. It, well, it, now that that is a perfect lead in for the next thing I wanted to ask you about is please share with everybody your holistic transformation summit and what it is that that is offered during your summit and when your next summit is going to be. Good question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, it's always the last week of March and the last week of September. So the next one is uh, September. Oh, where's my calendar? Um, I, I don't remember dates either. <laughs> <laughs> uh 26 27 and 28 tuesday wednesday thursday it's going to be a three-day last time was five it was almost too much so it's going to be a three-day summit and i have wonderful incredible speakers like yourself thank you who they they either heal spiritually or they teach meditation or they heal physically mentally or emotionally so some kind of healing where they specialize in something. It's the same kind of people I invite to my podcast. I, I sort of use the podcast to pre-screen people. And then um, there is uh, the option to have speakers who are holistic living or uh, holistic tools. And this time, I don't think I have anyone for holistic living. I think I only have one person for holistic tools. Um, it's going to focus more and more on healing, whether it's spiritual, physical, mental, emotional. Mm -hmm. And in the future, they're right now they're pre-recorded because I don't have the energy to do them live. I mm -hmm. tried pre-recorded combinations and I tried live 
as a projector, I don't have that kind of energy. So I need uh, to have someone as the, um, oh, what do you call it? See, I'm bad with names. I just lost the name of a word. An MC. So I need to have an MC with energy to introduce the speakers and have all the speakers live. So starting next year, that's what we're going to do. Remember, and, I'm putting my hat, my name in the hat for that one. Remember, oh, I, I've already told people about Patty, <laughs> and she's going to be my MC. Oh, right on. I, yeah. I know you're going to be my MC because <laughs> you have wonderful energy, and it's that kind of energy that we need to bring so that um, people get introduced better because i'm kind of a deadpan kind of a person um you know but okay. you're you're so but you know along with that though because um i mean j people are knowing right now listening to this podcast even though you're you're an even keel and it is very smooth and it is mesmerizing in some respects because one of the things i've noticed listening to you it is because I was a little bit tired before this, this podcast, I had just gotten done with another one I had done and I was a little bit tired. You have re you have energized me just from your words and the way that you have been speaking. And that is the other thing that I noticed when uh, I, I was blessed to be introduced to you by our friend, Brenda, and, uh, and got to be on your, your podcast, your, your summit and your podcast in March. But one of the things that I really wanted to do is I wanted to listen to the other speakers. I almost listened to every single one of them because it's all a new, I don't want to say a new world, but a new genre for me to explore. Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating how much I started learning about things I did not know about. And the more I talked to you, and we've had several conversations over the last several months, you've opened the door for me in so many different ways. And that's one of the things that I really want to impress upon with my audience that's out there is uh, I know for some people, it, it almost seems like oh, woohoo type of stuff. And oh, I'm not into that. But it really is what you've, you've described here several times. It's about reconnecting with you and finding out who you are, what you are about, and what makes you tick. It's mm -hmm. not about anybody else. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, it takes different, different forms of enlightenment mm -hmm. to bring you to your true self. Mm -hmm. And and uh, some people think it's a generational thing, and maybe it is because I'm now in my 60s, but it, it does kind of go along to we, we've been so used to giving and giving to everybody else, and we keep forgetting about ourselves. And I, I'm finding that what I am learning by being blessed of you being brought into my life, because I do believe that God brings certain people into your life at a certain time for mm -hmm. a certain reason. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the reason that I was brought to you is because I'm ready to get that enlightened piece in my life. And so I keep learning, learning. And that's what I want to impress upon everybody that's listening is all of these things that Dr. Beverly has just talked about and the things that she does and the things that she's explored and the things that she has learned, not only about herself, but she's so good about helping you to find what works best for you to heal yourself mentally and spiritually and even physically and I think that Dr. Beverly, we can both agree, we are in a world right now that is hurting and it needs a lot of healing, but it all starts with us. We have to heal ourselves first before we can start making any kind of a difference in the world. Wouldn't you agree with that? When I first started therapy, 
I was really worried about my daughter. I'm not going to go into the, She doesn't like me to talk about what happened to her, but you know, it was awful. And um, I was concerned about her. And I said, I'm really here because I want to help my daughter. And he said, no, you have to help yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't help your daughter if you don't help yourself. And that was like a major aha moment for me that I was here. I was unhappy, stressed out, drinking too much. That was another thing I drank. I, I quit cold turkey drinking. I stopped drinking altogether. Um, and um, I, I now really love the analogy he used that uh, on the airplane. I'm sure you've heard it. When the mask comes down, put it on yourself first. Mm-hmm. Well, I followed the couple of people that have um, um, YouTube channels where they talk about airplanes and accidents and stuff. You have 20 seconds to get that mask on before you pass out. Wow. When the pressure goes down, it's not just about the lack of oxygen, it's the air pressure because your lungs breathe automatically based on the air pressure differential. So when the air pressure goes down, your lungs can't breathe. Mm-hmm. You literally stop breathing. You can't even breathe in, you know, whatever air is there. So you have 20 seconds. So if you don't get that mask on in 20 seconds and you're fumbling around trying to help someone else, you're gone. Mm-mm. So that's an extreme example. But if you're burnt out, drinking too much, unhappy, how can you help anybody? Mm-hmm. You can't help anybody in that state. Right. You have to know who you are. You have to be helped. Can I help my patients if I'm sick? No. Can I help my patients if I'm, oh God, oh God, oh, this just happened. Someone just triggered me. What am I going to No, I have to be in a calm state. I have to be receptive, whether I'm teaching, whether I have a patient, whoever's in front of me, I have to have that calm, balanced state because our energies affect each other. Mm-hmm. And as a projector, I have no energy of my own. So if right. I'm with someone who has no energy, like I don't have any energy either, but I don't steal people's energy. It come, it just generates within and that's why you got energized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely true. I mean, so once again, uh, to all of you that are out there listening, uh, look in, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard many different words and sayings and phrases that Dr. Beverly has mentioned throughout this podcast. If you don't, you know, knowledge is power. And this particular power can be your own enlightenment and your own power. And that is never a bad thing. That is always a good thing because it just helps you to be a better version of yourself. And we should all be striving to do that. And that's part of what I also preach about living your best dash, you know, and and with this podcast, you know, several times throughout the podcast, Dr. Beverly, you've been saying, you know, that this was this dash and this was this dash in each one of those. It's almost like, I don't even know if you would classify it as rediscovering your passion purpose, but it's like you fed, you know, you built upon your passion and purpose with each one of those dash marks that you have lived. Mm-hmm. And I can tell with the smile on your face right now, you, you know, it's true. You, you have lived your best dash on each one of those, but you just keep creating more and more passion yeah. and purpose throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the incredible. person that can do that is you. Yes. You have to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. That's exactly right. Yes. Yes. 
Now you've already told us about your superpower and we know now about all the different dashes that you've lived and, and how well you are living your best dash and what you're doing right now with that. So what I would like you to share with our audience, since we're coming to the end of our time here, what would be your final thoughts or words of wisdom that you would like to share with everybody? Well, this is what I end everything with. Be the light you want to see in the world. Amen. That's exactly right. Now, I know we're going to have some people that will want to reach out to you, Dr. Beverly. So when they want to do that, I know that I will have it in the description uh, for the podcast. But why don't you tell us verbally right now how they can get in touch with you? Well, dancingbeargift.com will get you on my email list. And it's an ebook that goes with my book. So my book is The Five Elements, and it talks about I categorize meditations into five categories. And the the ebook that I wrote talks about the five elements and how to use them to heal. Like, do you have emotional issues? Do you not know your soul purpose? Uh, you having relationship issues. So what's the best meditation style to work on those issues? So they kind of go together. Um, I'm going to republish it and call it Om for Success Meditation Demystified. <laughs> Put mm -hmm. Because I've had people say, well, I read this, but I need that. And I says, yeah, you have to read both. <laughs> um, so if you go to Dancing Bear Gift, you'll get that ebook. Or if you go to drbeverlylawrence.com, you can find out all the different things I do. Awesome. Well, Dr. Beverly, this has been an absolute treat and it has enlightened me in many ways as it always does every time we get together. And I continue to look forward to continuing to work with you in many, many different areas as we go along. So thank you so much for being my guest today. I really do appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you. It was a great pleasure. All right. And for those of you out there listening, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with Dr. Beverly and find out more about what she has talked about and how she has enlightened her life, make sure you look at the description and it will have all of the contact information for her in that area. Also, if you'd like to get in touch with me, remember you can reach out to www.pathwayswithpatty.org and you can sign up for uh, my free gift, which will also get you my weekly newsletter and my pathways of rediscovering your passion and purpose. And while you're at it, since you're on either YouTube or you're on Spotify or Apple or iHeart or one of the other many podcast forums that are out there, go ahead and hit that follow button or subscribe, whatever it shows on that site. So that way you know exactly when each and every new episode of Rediscovering Your Passion and Purpose is coming your way because you don't want to miss one single episode. So with that, you know what I always end with, make it a great day or not. The choice is yours because life's an adventure and I want you to enjoy the journey because your life matters. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, Dr. Beverly, once again. May God bless you all. Thank you and have a fantastic day.